Yes, Captain Midnight. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, by the makers of Ovaltine, the world's largest selling food drink. Now, I wonder if you ever said to yourself, I wish I weren't so tired. I don't see why I should be so tired. I didn't used to be. Well, if you've said that, and most of us have at one time or another, you might think about this. It's possible, it's even likely, that what I'm going to ask you now may point out the cause of your tiredness. And the question is, are you getting the right amount, are you getting plenty of every one of those important food elements you must have to keep you from feeling tired, keep you feeling keen and vigorous? And when you ask yourself that question, am I getting plenty of all the food elements I need, I'm sure you'll find right there you don't know the answer. Practically nobody can know. Because, and here's the intricate part, we only need very tiny amounts of some of these food elements. Hardly more than you can put on the point of a knife. But, and this is the serious thing, if we don't get them, and get them every day, we're bound to be tired. And we can't possibly feel vigorous and full of pep. But now, there is a way, a simple way, to be sure you get these food elements. Yes, you know what I'm going to say. Just try drinking Ovaltine. Just drink Ovaltine as a supplementary food. Extra food in addition to your regular meals. Because Ovaltine is rich in important food elements. The common ones, the rarer ones. Particularly the ones that are most likely to be short in your regular diet. And so, when you drink two glasses of Ovaltine a day as a supplementary food, you're practically sure to have all the food elements you need for really good health, and peak vitality. So, why don't you do something about this business of being tired? Why don't you try drinking Ovaltine regularly for a while and see if it doesn't help fix you up? See if you don't feel better on the days you drink it. And now, on with the action-packed adventure, the return of Ivan Shark with Captain Midnight and the Secret Squadron. Yesterday, when the moon arose, the Secret Squadron saw that they were surrounded by an evil-looking and menacing horde of prehistoric cavemen. A magnificent shot by Captain Midnight wounded the chief of the tribe, and at least for the time being, drove them back into the jungle. Well, now it's a few minutes later. Listen, as Captain Midnight says... Yes, Siki. If they should come in a great mass swarming up the tree, I... I don't think we could drive them back. And even if we did, the slaughter would be horrible. Well, do you think they have brains enough, sir, to, to, to work out a plan of campaign of that sort? They look more like animals than, than human beings. You can say that again, Chuck. Well, Chuck, when they go hunting some of the bigger animals, they probably surround and overwhelm them by sheer weight of numbers. And I imagine they can do an awful lot of damage with those clubs. Yeah, and someone who carried spears, sir. Yes, I noticed they did. You mean, Captain, because they've learned to hunt animals in a kind of pack, that's the way they'll hunt us? Well, it's possible, Icky. Do you think they'll be able to stand up against the, the concentrated fire of the four of us? Oh, gee, sir, we ought to be able to pour out enough lead to... Well, heck, it'll be slaughter. Well, that's just it, Chuck. I, I want to avoid what'll be a terrible slaughter. They are men, you know. Yeah, but if they attack us, sir... Lupin, Loops, if they ever took us prisoners... Look, Captain, we didn't start this. And heck, all I want to know is if we have to defend this tree against attack, can we? Or will there be too many of them? And will they come too fast? If they attack us, Icky, we've got to defend this tree. The alternative is something we mustn't even think about. Yes, Captain Midnight is tempted to rake the edges of the jungle with bursts of concentrated fire, but the knowledge that these are men and not animals restrains him. 
Only as a last resort will he give the order to fire. And then, just as the sounds in the distance reach an angry, sullen roar, and he's pretty sure an attack is about to be launched, a strange and unforeseen diversion comes. Slowly lumbering out of the swamp, an iguanodon, the huge 50-ton lizard-like animal that they had seen the previous night, draws its huge bulk out into the clearing. The ape men at once grow silent, apparently watching the prodigious beast. With a kind of earth-shaking, ungainly hop, it reaches the center of the clearing. And then, as if they had only been waiting for the huge, evil-smelling animal to reach a certain given distance from the swamp, the cavemen pour out to the attack. There's no question now that when they did attack, they attacked in a swarming pack, men and women together. Horrified but fascinated, the members of the secret squadron watched the weird prehistoric battle, Iguanodon versus Caveman. Oh, look at those ape men go. Look at them go. Are they fast? Loose and loose. Look at the one with the spear almost underneath us. They got guts, Captain. You've got to give them that. Uh-oh. Not having it all their own way. Look at that lashing tail. It knocked four of them for a loop halfway across the clearing. They're drawing back. Forming a sort of circle. They egged me down again. It's making for the swamp trying to get back. Oh, they'll never kill it. They're going to try. Oh, oh, look at that hail of clubs and spears. Oh, boy, look at that tail go lashing from side to side. It must weigh two tons. Captain. Look, look. One of the cavemen is climbing up its back. And there goes another. He's stabbing it down near the neck. I can't stand this. We'll try and put the poor beast out of its misery. Are you aiming for Captain his head? Yes, Aki. Oh, that'll take some shooting waving around like it is. Well, those mountainous beasts are so small brain, they'll probably have to shoot it through the heart, too. Well, here goes. You got him, sir. What a shot. Oh, boy, what shooting. Hey, it, its head is still waving around, Captain. Here's one through the heart, I hope. Oh, it's done it, Captain. It's done it. It's keeling over. Monkey men think they killed the Igme down all by themselves, Captain. Listen to them shout and look at them dancing around. I'm afraid that's just what they do think, Iggy. And I was hoping that if we helped them, they'd realize we weren't enemies. Perhaps leave us alone. Look at them dancing and shouting. They think they killed it themselves. There's no doubt about that, Captain. Why, how stupid. Hey, he had one that climbed up its back and stabbed it in the neck. Look at him pound himself on the chest. <laughs> he thinks he did it. <laughs> he thinks he's a champ, all right. All he needs is a microphone to say, hey, Mom, it was a good fight. <laughs> Human nature hasn't changed much, has it? Hey, you stupid monkey men. The captain did it for you. And you, Tarzan, take that stupid grin off your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Iggy, okay. Instead of getting all worked up, just keep your fingers crossed that the cavemen will be so busy they'll forget about us. Yeah, I'm with you there, Captain, 100%. And for a time, it looks as if Captain Midnight's wish is going to be granted. The cave men and women swarm over the monstrous body of the lizard-like Iguanodon and attack it with crude flint knives. Captain Midnight is beginning to think that for the rest of this night anyway, they will be ignored. When stumbling out of the jungle comes the wounded chief. He's apparently in a frenzy of rage. He shouts and waves his club until some sort of order is restored. And then, dramatically, he points toward the tree where the secret squadron are hiding. Captain Midnight, watching this piece of pantomime, says... Uh-oh. Old Beetle Browse is on the warpath again. And boy, he means trouble. It looks as if he's been lying back in the woods getting madder and madder, and he's suddenly come to the boiling point, don't he, Captain? It certainly does. <laughs> also, it looks as if shaking the fist is one gesture that hasn't changed since the dawn of time. Uh-oh. I wonder what this means. Look, they're following him back into the woods. Yeah, 
Maybe it's a conference of some sort. Oh, Luke, man, Luke. Golly, I wish we could understand what they say. That'd really be interesting. Maybe old Beetle Brows, as you call him, sir, is going to make a speech. Speech? Yeah, all he can make is animal noises. Animal <laughs> noises that his followers evidently understand, Dickie. And that's a sort of speech, isn't it, sir? The beginning of speech, anyway. I know what he was yelling out down there, that's for sure. It was written all over his monkey-faced pan. What's that, Icky? Kill, kill, kill. Kids, look. They make trouble, all right. They're spreading out in a circle, just undercover the underbrush. Surrounding us again, Huckabee. Getting ready for the final attack or I'll miss my bet. Well, Icky, you can call your sounds animal noises if you like. But they certainly understood what the chief meant and what he wanted. And they're going to carry out his orders. And what of Ivan Shark all this time? The arch-criminal heard the first volley that drove the cavemen back into the jungle. Also, the two shots with which Captain Midnight ended the agony of the huge Iguanodon. Does he know how close to success his plot has come? Listen. <laughs> oh, Gardo, what I'd give at this moment to have a huge tank I could drive out there and watch what was going on. I wouldn't feel safe even in a tank, boys. Not with those gorilla-faced statements crawling all over it. Oh, nonsense. They're very strong, I admit, but not strong enough to tear open a 20-ton tank. Uh, think they're swarming up that tree yet, boss? Possibly, Gardo. But I doubt if they started the final attack yet. The firing would be much heavier. It would come in almost continuous volleys. But it does mean the secret squadron has been discovered. And that is the beginning of the end. <laughs> ah, sure they've been discovered. When I lays a trail, boss, I lays a trail. And almost give the whole plan away by sticking your stupid head up to get shot at. Well, it wasn't me that got shot, boss. It was Mew. And that was just a lucky one. They must have seen the branches moving at the edge of the clearing or, or something. It was you blundering around like a dumb ox that attracted their attention. I'm sure of that. You can slip through the underbrush without disturbing a leaf. Ah, oh, now, boss, why pick on me when I done right? To keep you from imagining, even for one instant, Gardo, that you have even half the brain of an imbecile. That's it. That must be it. They're attacking Gardo. Oh, if I could only be there to lead them towards the man. Go to it, my brave cavemen. My primitive tribe of strong-armed gorillas. Swarm up the trees by ten, by twenty, by hundred. Pour over them in an irresistible flood of mighty arms and strong, hairy bodies. On, on to victory! <laughs> And is Shark's analysis of the situation correct? Are the cavemen pouring a living stream of horror across the clearing up to the tree? Listen as Captain Midnight talks to the others just a few moments before the series of volleys which Shark just heard. Kids, we saw how the cavemen attacked the Iguanodon, swarming out in numbers around and over it. But there's little doubt that that's their usual method of overwhelming their enemies. That, I'm almost sure, is the way they'll attack us. I'll go along with you on that, Captain, if you'll add that they'll come swinging a mess of clubs that must weigh a hundred pounds apiece. Yeah, to say nothing of a few spears. Yeah. Can't we stop them before they start, sir? There must be some way to do it. Well, I hate to say shoot to kill, yet... Wait, supposing we fire a couple of volleys over their heads, it might scare them off before they start. And if it don't? In that case, there's no harm done. And, well, then we won't have any other alternative. We'll have to mow them down as fast and in as great numbers as possible. And no fooling about it, sir. And no fooling about it, Chuck. All right, kids, let's give them three quick volleys. One over there by that tree that's fallen into the clearing. One over there to the right and one to the left. Fire well above the height of a standing man. Ready? Right. Right, Captain. Right. 
peep out of them. I don't even see them moving around much. No, not a sound. Well, maybe they just thought it was a clap of thunder. Remember, they you want it on, Chuck. They don't scare very easily. Yeah, that's just what I've been thinking. Look out, gang. Uh, Reload quickly. Hit the gun. Well, the mass attack of the cavemen has started. Will the secret squadron succeed in driving them back? Or will Ivan Shark's plot succeed? What about Andy Maxson and the rescuing helicopter? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed adventure, The Rescue. In a moment, we'll bring you an exciting glimpse of it. But first, every one of you fellows and girls who's a young adventurer, everyone who likes to fly and fight with Captain Midnight, remember Ovaltine is the drink of adventure lovers the world over. It's a real builder-upper food drink to make you bigger and stronger and huskier and ready for adventure. And it's a swell-tasting food drink, too. So why not go out to the kitchen now and fix yourself a big, delicious glass full of chocolate-flavored Ovaltine and start enjoying it tonight. Remember, it's the one sure way to show Captain Midnight you like to listen to his adventures on the radio. Captain Midnight is played by Ed Prentice. Icky is played by Sherman Marks. And tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, to Captain Midnight when you are here. Don't stop firing, kids. I'm trying to find the chief, but there's such a mess of... Look out! They're coming out again!